The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Israel saying that its troops have entered the middle of Gaza City. Ed Baxter is covering that story and has more from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, Brian, exactly. The way they put it is the heart of Gaza. It says it's continuing the offensive against Hamas while signaling there will be a post-conflict transition period, in quotes, until it is clear who takes control of the territory. The G7 has issued a statement out of their Tokyo meeting that uh, Gaza needs a pause. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says humanitarian aid needs to get in. Uh, we all agree that humanitarian pauses would advance key objectives to protect Palestinian civilians, to increase the sustained flow of humanitarian assistance, to allow our citizens and foreign nationals to exit, and to facilitate the release of hostages. Drawing a distinction between pause and ceasefire. Those calling for an immediate ceasefire have an obligation to explain how to address the unacceptable result it would likely bring about. Hamas left in place with more than 200 hostages with the capacity and stated intent to repeat October 7th again and again and again. Meanwhile, frustration in getting that humanitarian aid in and out through the Rafah crossing. State Department spokesman Vidant Patel. This is not uh, a crossing uh, in which we really have much input into whether it can open or close. And he says he, he does expect American citizens to still be able to exit at some point. Uh, one other note, Yemeni Houthis uh, backed by Iran say that they have shot down a U.S. drone over Yemeni waters. Third GOP debate tonight because of polling Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley center and stage, literally and figuratively, and it'll be a storyline tonight, whether they go after each other or Donald Trump. And now the issue of abortion will also play a major role, but Bloomberg Christian Hall says foreign policy as well. I think Nikki Haley, this is the winning moment for her. It's her show. I mean, she has a lot to take. She has a lot to win from this debate. Uh, her campaign has really tried to make her foreign policy experience, a highlight of her uh, campaign. I know that they have often brought up that she's a former U.N. ambassador. As for the postmortem on the issue of abortion from last night's election, Vice President Kamala Harris says it's simple. The voters said, look, the government should not be telling a woman what to do with her body. Harris says voters stood with freedom. Ivanka Trump on the stand today in her dad's civil fraud trial says she had no role in figuring or reporting her dad's property and net worth claims. Attorney General Letitia James says, no, that's not the case. Ivanka Trump secured negotiated loans um, to obtain favorable terms based on fraudulent statements of financial condition. 
Ed says uh, Trump's can't hide from the truth. Panda diplomacy, nearly over. Amazing, beloved giant pandas at Washington, D.C.'s National Zoo have started their journey back to China, crated up, loaded into a special Panda Express FedEx flight. Uh, others in Atlanta, San Diego, Memphis heading back as well soon. Uh, this, of course, happening in the shadow of the Xi-Biden summit. Global news 24 hours a day, whenever you want it, with Bloomberg News Now in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Let's take a look at some of the top business stories of the hour now. Walt Disney posting better than expected fourth quarter earnings and said that it would seek an additional $2 billion in cost savings. Disney's flagship theme parks delivered the biggest profit boost, with earnings rising 31%. Losses in Disney's streaming business also narrowed. And globally, the number of Disney Plus paying subscribers rose to more than 150 million. That beat analyst estimates of 147.4 million, and so it means that signups are returning to growth. We heard earlier from Paul Verna, analyst at Insider Intelligence, saying despite the numbers today, thinks that Bob Iger has his work cut out for him going forward. I think he took on this job knowing that it would be challenging, but he's faced challenges that I think nobody expected, like the writer strike and some of the softness in the ad market maybe was expected, but it's it's probably more of a headwind than anticipated. And really just existential questions about the, biz, the streaming business model, TV dwindling. I mean, he's pretty much said he's going to sell off those traditional TV assets, but that begs the question, is that going to be enough to finance the Hulu acquisition. That's Paul Verna, an analyst. Disney shares are trading up 3% in late trading. Doug? Well, after the Bell Arm Holdings delivered its first earnings report since the IPO, results from the just-ended quarter stronger than forecast. We have revenue growing 28%, total top line $806 million. This is where it gets interesting. Guidance for the current quarter was disappointing on the revenue front. Here is Bloomberg's Bailey Lipschultz. When you see their third quarter revenue view missing the midpoint, that's really a bad sign. It's bre- it's back below, on pace to break below that $51 IPO issuance uh, price, which, again, is critical because that's where a lot of investors bought in. That's where uh, all of these stocks are going to be benchmarked against. And when you look at the results and you look at the guidance, again, as you mentioned, the smartphone um, business, broadly speaking, has been pretty poor. This is a company that's going to have to sell investors on AI. That is Bloomberg's Bailey Lipschultz. Now, Arm did say that uncertainty 
uncertain timing for some new licensing deals contributed to that conservative forecast for the current quarter. But if you look at the stock right now in uh, late New York trading, we're down by more than 8%. Brian? Doug, during the regular session, Eli Lilly shares gained 3.2%. The company won approval for its diabetes drug to treat obesity. Bloomberg's Ann Cates has the story. The weight loss medication branded Zepbound will cost close to $1,100 for a month's supply and will be available by the end of the year. Monjaro, the diabetes version of the same drug, could not be marketed for weight loss until it got the go-ahead by the Food and Drug Administration. Monjaro was approved last year as a treatment for adults with type 2 diabetes, but studies showed it helped patients lose up to 26% of their body weight or more than 61 pounds. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Radio. Well, a meeting is reportedly set for next week between President Biden and she that will happen in San Francisco. We got to the view of Singapore's Prime Minister Lee Hsien Lung, who told us this face-to-face could dial down tensions between the U.S. and China, especially over Taiwan. I don't believe that uh, they are trigger-happy. Uh, they, they have a problem. They would like Taiwan to be part of one China, but how to get from here to there? And I believe if they are not provoked, if events don't spin out of control, I don't believe that they are going to, you're going to wake up one day and find that they've decided to launch D-Day. That is Singapore's Prime Minister Lee Hsien Lung on uh, a conversation or as a part of a conversation with Bloomberg Editor-in-Chief John Micklethwaite at the Bloomberg New Economy Forum in Singapore. And uh, you can listen to more of that conversation throughout Daybreak Asia. Brian? Well, we go to data in China now. China's consumer price inflation probably flatlined in October as overall demand lagged. Bloomberg's Rashad Salamat has a preview from Hong Kong. The CPI reading is likely to have hovered around zero during the month. Bloomberg Economics seeing inflation rising just 0.2% from a year ago. But our survey of market economists projects a decline of one-tenth of one percent. The official gauge was flat in September. Softer indicators for the month suggest domestic demand has not picked up much despite recent policy easing. Meanwhile, Bloomberg Economics projects outright deflation for producer prices. The PPI expected to have dropped 3% year-on-year, more than the prior month's decline of 2.5%. I'm Rashad Salamat, Bloomberg Radio. Well, it's 11 minutes past the hour now. A closer look at Walt Disney earnings. Uh, joining us now is Gita Ranganathan, Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst on U.S. Media. So revenue mostly in line. No big surprise there. Profit looking pretty good, though, beating expectations. That shows you that cost cutting is one of the top issues at Disney at the moment. It definitely does. And, you know, they they can't do a whole lot about revenue. I mean, those trends have been kind of challenged across the whole media landscape, but they are doing what they can control, which is cutting costs and cutting them pretty dramatically. So we saw uh, really good numbers in terms of operating income. Uh, We saw them actually taking up their cost savings target. It's up now by two billion from five and a half to seven and a half billion. Uh, They're reducing their cash content spend. Uh, They're moving really aggressively to kind of restructure the company. But most importantly, and I think this is a really critical metric, is they really guided to a strong jump in free cash flow, almost a 60% jump in, in 2024. So they're really moving from, you know, and, and Bob Iger said this aptly, they said they're moving from a fix to a build phase as they position this company for, you know, its next phase of growth. Gita, they are targeting $2 billion more in cost cutting, but is all that to do with content spend? And is that wise, given that they want their streaming services to do better? 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's a great question, Vani. I mean, they're, so their, their mantra when they were kind of launching their streaming product was just to go out with a whole lot of content, right? So it became more a game of volume um, just to kind of take on Netflix. And Bob Iger acknowledged that that might not have been the best strategy because what it did is it kind of devalued a lot of the content. It led to a lot of franchise fatigue, people complaining they're not able to kind of follow storylines as you have, you know, multiple Marvel movies, multiple Marvel series kind of jumping back and forth. And so now their priority is really quality over quantity. Um, and so they're looking to kind of cut their production, but really focus, really consolidate. And what that is doing is it's definitely driving up the programming cost savings. Of course, they're taking down some non-programming costs as well. Um, but I think overall, it's really kind of improving the efficiency in the business. And they were asked even about, you know, what about taking some of their non-core content titles and kind of licensing it to Netflix, so, something similar to what Warner Brothers has done with some of their older HBO titles, whether it's Ballers or Insecure, and kind of licensing that to Netflix. And, and Disney said they're very, very open to doing that. So again, they're really looking to monetize content, but at the same time, they're being very, very disciplined uh, in terms of spending, um, you know, both content-wise and non-content-wise. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Vani Quinn. Our guest is Gita Ranganathan, Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst on U.S. Media. Gita, so many different angles at Disney. Hate to jump around so much, but ESPN always gets a lot of attention. We know that the streaming business, including ESPN Plus, is still losing money, $387 million in the quarter. That was better than expected, but uh, they're, they're expecting to climb up into profit at some point. But what I'm really interested in is the Disney pursuit to get a partner for ESPN. Uh, and what's happening on that front? What are you hearing? Yeah, so they said it's pretty much in the works. So there was nothing concrete that was necessarily reported during the earnings call, Brian. Um, but they did say, did say that they are laser-focused to bringing the ESPN streaming product, you know, over the next few months, you know, as they kind of work out details, they will release that. But it is, it is inevitable. The, the, the transition to streaming is inevitable at this point. Of course, that doesn't mean that they're going to completely abandon the linear TV network. They continue, they're going to continue to have content there, but their major focus is going to be on the streaming solution. And they're looking at a host of different partners. So, you know, there's been a lot of chatter about whether they wanted Want to, wanted to bring in the leagues like, you know, the NFL or the NBA so that they're assured of, of uh, you know, a steady supply of content or whether they want to kind of bring in a tech partner like an Apple or an Amazon, which is, you know, deep pocketed um, or, or they want to focus on distribution. So nothing really concrete. All that Bob Iger said was that they are working. Uh, they have had a lot of conversations and they, you know, they think that they're going to make progress very soon. What about ABC, National Geographic, FX? Is Iger really looking to sell? I think they are. So, you know, he outlined four, you know, strategic priorities at the outset of the call. What he talked about was, you know, streaming profitability, the ESPN transition, you know, continued growth in parks. And he also spoke about reinvigorating the movie business. So obviously linear TV is not a focus for them. It is not a growth business. I mean, the, all that they're doing is they're kind of managing it to the best of their ability, uh, you know, because it is in, it is in secular decline. There's, there's just no sugarcoating that. Um, so I think he is very, very open to, you know, getting rid of some of these non-core assets, uh, or, or at least that's what they refer to them as. Um, so, I mean, we don't have any necessary specifics, again, Vani, on, you know, whether they have actually had any discussions with anybody. Uh, but we know that he has said that everything is on the table when it comes to, you know, some of the linear TV networks. 
Parks, another crown jewel of Disney. Um, the parks did really well after the pandemic uh, with all the pent-up uh, spending that, that came out, particularly in the U.S. I think it was a little less so abroad. Uh, what, what have we learned about how, how well are the parks doing abroad now? They're actually doing really, really well. And actually, we're seeing some of the softness now in the domestic parks. So earlier, you're, you're absolutely right. It was the domestic parks that were outperforming. The international was still kind of challenged because of COVID restrictions. Now it's kind of reversed a little bit. So we're seeing the domestic actually uh, softer trends. I wouldn't say it's necessarily weak, but definitely some softness because of tough comparisons. Um, you know, maybe the revenge travel is kind of uh, coming to its you know close. Um, still strong, but not as strong as, as before. But international is really back with a bang. Um, and that actually contributed to a lot of, uh, you know, that, that 31% in operating profit. A lot of that was due to international. A lot of that was due to, um, you know, their, uh, their, their, the strength in their cruise segment. Um, so a lot of the other levers that they're kind of pulling in their park segment. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices, just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.